always behave himself and do the homework. Thanks for coming to the Sun of Smiley podcast. My name is Ed Hill, and I am a stand-up comedian and the Sun of Smiley. What you're about to hear are some stories about me, some stories about my dad, and some stories between my dad and I. So sit back, relax, and don't forget to smile. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode one seventy-seven. During the era of social distancing, stay at home and the plague, of course. Hope you're staying safe. Hope all is well. I know it's not a lot of good news out there. Maybe personally, you have some bad news happen to you. Hang in there. Stay strong. We will get through this. So, I mean, this topic is all of a discussion right now. There's no comedy happening, as you know. No shows, nothing that involves a crowd, and the dinner chatter at home, of course, has always been about the coronavirus and COVID nineteen. And my brother, being a doctor, is especially worrisome since he's going to be on the front lines, looking at this and potentially death right in the face. So you know, it's extra anxiety provoking, extra tense in the house from time to time. And looking at the news, it's sure not helping. You know, myself, my parents, and also my brother. So you know, my salute goes to all the healthcare workers out there who's helping us right now. And you know, they're really doing the heavy lifting. My brothers say he doesn't want to be called a hero. It's really not his thing. You know, he said they're just people who read a little more books and. They're really just doing their jobs. However, still my utmost sincere respect for those medical health workers who's on the front line, try to save lives and do the job that rest of us don't want to do. My dad and I have been having discussions, of course, about the virus and about various other things. One thing is about my grandmother. The topic of my grandmother, my dad's mom, came a few times because my grandma lived through the time of unrest. She lived through. World War Two, and a little different than what most people would have heard. The story is she wasn't on the side of the Allies. She wasn't in North America at that time. Of course, nobody has immigrated. My family was still in Taiwan, and Taiwan at that time it was still under Japanese occupation, which didn't end until nineteen forty-five. So a lot of Taiwanese people were either educated in Japan or shipped to Japan to do, you know, labor, or they were in Taiwan under Japanese rule and making products for Japanese purposes. So during World War Two, of course, Japan was on the other side fighting the Allies. So Taiwan at that time, because we were being occupied, we were of course seeing the Pacific side of the warfare. And on the side that's fighting against the Allies, and we are under occupation, which means we didn't have our freedom. We're really being told to do what we're supposed to do, and you know, so I'm I'm telling this story right now not as a way to say who's right, who's wrong, and to you know remove fault from a specific side. The story really I'm about to tell you is about. Being a human being and being a person in the time of unrest and uncertainty, much like now, and really it resonated. So, you know, my my dad and I were talking about certain things, and the subject of mopping the floor came up. And, you know, my dad said, 
my grandma was one of those people who mop floor 24-7. Doesn't matter what day it is, how dirty the floor is. She likes to get on her knees and mop the floor, you know, with a piece of cloth. And she just likes to do it over and over again. And my mom was like, well, she's OCD. She's a clean freak and stuff like that. She has a mental illness. And my dad quickly, you know, reframed the picture for us. And as to why my grandmother was doing this all the time. So my grandmother was at school in Japan at that time. She's been shipped over to Japan to be educated um, as a Taiwanese person. And I think I told this story before on the way to Japan during wartime, the boat before her and the boat behind her that's in the transport, I think I told this in the episode prior, was sunk by the American um, submarines. And so we're in the, they were in the boat and they were, they were trying to survive this particular incident. You know, the, the torpedoes are coming. So they're trying to get everybody onto the top deck so they won't drown, stuff like that. I'm not sure if the, their boat was hit. Um, and they made it. And the story, I mean, if they didn't make it, I wouldn't be here right now because my grandma would be gone and there would be no, no children. But the story is that um, that boat particular was carrying the you know the remains and the cremated um, remains for a lot of Japanese warriors and people who died in the war so they were being protected by the spirits on that boat and that's why they they returned to the soil of Japan so that's that that's what the legend says um, but my grandmother there she was in Tokyo so she was going to school in Tokyo and she was staying in the one of the dorms and during that time of course the americans were bombing tokyo with firebombs daily they were coming into the city they would drop these firebombs which was spray tar and whatever tar it hits the building would catch on fire and everything would burn so at that time my dad told me my grandmother you know was staying with her uncle and every time the siren comes on she would run they would have to run out of the city because the fire is coming so sometimes the bombing would come at night. One time the bombing came at night and my grandma had to grab whatever she could in the moment. You know, she just woke up. So she grabbed something. She ran, you know, ran as far as she can from the city center. And then you know, the fire came and burned everything. Her, you know, her and her uncle, um, you know, all the all the stuff was gone. Everything's burned. And she realized the only thing she grabbed was like a ball of blanket. Because that's, in, in you know, in a moment of panic, that's all you really know what to do there's no you don't think you just grab and go so the house is burned down so what happens is my grandmother then had to live on dorm for the school because the uncle's house is gone and everybody who lives in the dorm in tokyo has gone home then you know a lot of them they're there for school they don't live you know on the campus nobody really lives on campus so they all gone home because the war is here and you know the bombers are coming so you don't want to be in the dorm where the bombers coming and burn if it burns it down no one's going to save you because it's a public um, living situation. There's not a lot of people that want to be there. Schools obviously not really operating at a full function. So my grandmother can return to Taiwan because there was no boats going back to Taiwan because when she was on her way there, there's a lot of, you know, targeting from the submarines and they, they get sunk and there's no way, you know, Japan is going to send a ship back to Taiwan. They're trying to recruit all their people back to the mainland to defend their land from American attack. So my grandmother was alone in the dorm all the time.
And psychologically, as you probably know right now, when you're isolated in, in the home on your own, much like the home isolation and the stay at home order right now for many, many places in the world, you go a little insane and you, you need a little bit of comfort psychologically and something to do. So what my grandmother would do is she would take a mop and she would mop the floor. And that's what she did day in, day out during this time of isolation where there's nobody around and there's the threat of bombing that you could die anytime and just get torched in these fire bombs. That her only place of refuge and only thing that could help her was mopping the floor. So that became her ritual. She does that every day, day in, day out, doesn't matter what it was. Uh, obviously, the war was over and that continued. That that was her way of coping with the constant turmoil and chaos by giving herself a sense of mastery and a daily sense of control and certainty. And that's why she mopped the floor. And, you know, this was a incredible story that my dad told me. And, you know, there's many other stories about the war that involve my grandparents and my dad told me before, but this one I haven't heard. And he told me the other day, you know, after dinner, and it really resonated with what we're doing now in our quarantine is don't don't judge what other people is doing in their lives. You know, they may be doing something that you don't understand or validate, but understand that they're doing what they can to cope with whatever is around them. So be kind and be supportive. Um, we're all humans. We're in this together. It doesn't matter if it's a war or a plague. We're all people at the end of the day. And what have I been doing? My ritual is uh, it's not mopping floors. It's not my thing. I've been writing. I've been writing and producing shows digitally, you know, through a platform like this, the podcasting. So I'm happy to say um, season one of my new podcast is called Guide to the Quarantine. It's going to be available soon. I'm just waiting for it to be approved by iTunes and Google Play. Um, so the other platforms have been approved. They may have may or may not have been released. But I'll give more information as to that. But it's a new story podcast called Guide to the Quarantine. And it's a story about hope. It's a story about triumph. And it's a story about struggle in a time that may be not so certain. And it's not based on the current quarantine. It is definitely inspired by the current situation. And it takes place in the future in 2035 during a new pandemic. And as I promised before in previous episodes on this podcast, I said I'll play a sneak peek. So what I'm going to play you in a second is the promo clip that will be coming out that has a video attached to it. I know the rest of the podcast is just audio, but the promo I thought would be fun to attach a video clip to it. And here is the promo for my new podcast that will be coming out. Um, the website is guidetothequarantine.com. You can go in there and check it out right now. Um, some of it is really available. Um, but the full season and all that stuff will be coming out very soon. I do an official release on my social media. But if you go to the website, I think there's already content there. Just don't tell anybody. And here's a sneak peek, a clip from my new podcast. It's a scripted story podcast called Guide to the Quarantine. The year is 2035. A new pandemic has driven governments around the world to take drastic measures to ensure the survival of the human species. 
containment and mitigation have failed. Prolonged mass quarantines and disruptions to the supply chain had evoked violent outbreaks all over the globe. The newly developed vaccine was deemed ineffective due to the rapid mutations of the virus. As a last resort, governments have created a device called, the container. A single person-specific life pod that is capable of sustaining one human life for a full year. This, my friends, is where our story takes place. Welcome, to the Guide to the Quarantine. So there it is, folks, my new story podcast called Guide to the Quarantine. If you want to check it out, it'll be coming out very soon. You can go to the website, guidetothequarantine.com, for more information. And that is this week's episode. I'll see you next week at the same time, around the same place, with a brand new story on being the sun, a smiley. Stay safe, everybody.